Gabriella Balcom won the right to have a novel published by Clarendon House Publishing when one of her stories was voted best in the anthology in which it appeared. Her book, On the Wings of Ideas, came out following this. What's your favorite genre? Fantasy? Horror? Sci-fi? Romance? Literary fiction? This multi-genre collection of short stories includes all of that and more and has something for everyone. Gabriella's stories will alternately move you and bring you to tears, captivate or horrify you, and have you on the edge of your seat. Don't miss out. Be sure to get a copy today. All her life, Joan placed herself into the hands of men who failed her. Joan does the unthinkable for a woman in 1960, leaving her small town of Gainesfield. As an accomplished musician, Joan served her country in the first ever women's Air Force band, San Antonio, Texas. She unwittingly becomes part of a brainwashing experiment. After her Air Force service, returning to society is particularly hard for Joan, so much so that she has spent a good deal of her life in a mental institution. As a patient in a VA hospital, Joan is found murdered. Small-town secrets, whispers behind closed doors, stolen records, serve to solve the mystery of what the hell happened to Joan. This book is a work of fiction, but very well could have happened. Gabriella Balcom's thrilling sci-fi novella, The Return. The world doesn't know about the compound hidden underground and the wealthy investors funding it want things to stay that way. Although it's the year 2027, most of the facility's research is illegal. If animal rights activists had an inkling of what went on, they'd clamor for justice. Human rights activists would scream from the rooftops. By the time 2030 arrives... Researchers have worked for a while with feline service units and human replicas, HRs, who are virtual prisoners with no rights. More and more of them are dying and they long for freedom. Surprisingly, one of the top scientists isn't happy with the status quo either. Tensions are mounting and things are not as they appear. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Mythbits. You made an excellent choice. Welcome to the World of Mythbits. I am your host, Jenna Sparks, and this is episode 165. So again, welcome to the world of MythBits. A very, very exciting episode this week where uh, I will get into the details in just a moment. First and foremost, though, let's go over the uh, small amounts of housekeeping this week. Uh, Just simply do not forget that the 15th is the deadline for the new issue of the magazine. So get your submissions in. I still need to send in my review and some maybe art. Uh, I also, I've never, ever won anything in my entire life. I, nothing I can recall. 
at least. And I won January's member of the month for my toss a coin to your Witcher piece. Uh, very excited. Thank you very, very much. Uh, December's winner was Don DeBrawl. I need to be better about announcing who the winners of the month were. So I am very sorry. Uh, total, total uh, overlooking it on my part. And I will make sure to be way better about it because it's exciting. Okay. So uh, that and I do go into the simple fact that you can go to mythmart.com and purchase Peggy Gerber's new book, Stumbling in Crazy Town. Uh, it came out on the 8th, February 8th. Sorry, it's getting my dates confused. And you can go on there right now and purchase a copy of her book. It is phenomenal. I'm very excited uh, to get my own hands on it. So on that note, that brings us to, again, the content of this episode. Uh, Walter... G. Esselman uh, sent me an email and he arranged a wonderful, wonderful uh, meeting for the three of us where we could talk about the open contract challenge and specifically speak to Miss Peggy Gerber and her literally award-winning publication. Uh, she is absolutely phenomenal. So, uh, yeah, I get to sit down and talk with the two of them about, uh, again, the open contract challenge, March of 2022 for the new, new round. Uh, very exciting. Uh, but we get to sit down and talk about that. We talk about Peggy's book. We talk about the inspirations. Uh, we talk about mental health. We talk about a whole slew of things. And it was so much fun to have a thorough, deep conversation with these two brilliant, brilliant authors, and they are simply phenomenal. So without further ado, without me continuously rambling on as I as I am known to do, I present to you uh, my interview with Peggy Gerber, uh, as well as a guest of uh, Walter G. Esselman. Check it out. So again, welcome to the world of Myth Bits. I am here with the phenomenal Open Contract Challenge winners, plural, uh, Mr. Walter G. Esselman, as well as 2021's winner, Ms. Peggy Gerber. So hello Ooh. to both of you and congratulations. Hello. Thank you so much. Thank you. So, all right. So let's jump into... The first and most important question, and I'm going to direct it at Walter. Uh, can you just kind of hand us over a little bit of an explainer over what the Open Contract Challenge is? I know any MythBits listeners kind of already have an idea, but just in case, let's just lay it all out there from, from the head honcho himself. I'd be happy to. I'm actually the director. I won the 2020 uh uh, thing, uh, contest. And then, uh, it came, they came back to me later that just afterwards and said, Hey, we have this blackmail photos. Can you also be the director of the open contract challenge? And I couldn't turn that down. So, uh, no, they asked me nicely. Uh, the, the open contract challenge is a really awesome little event where 
around March, so it's almost coming up here at opencontractchallenge.com, you're going to be able to, if you have a book, uh, you know, poetry, chapbook, you know, um, comic book, uh, art book, you can go there, uh, put in your pitch uh, around March, and uh, uh, judges are going to be looking at it, and, uh, you know, uh, 10 people will go forward, and uh, on to, and what it is, is just any, any, even if uh, it's someone who has been published before, they have a chance of getting a book contract and getting to go to a uh, convention uh, as long as they're in North America. So, and uh, it's uh, started by Dave Montoya a couple of years ago. And we're, it's a really great event. Um, I really highly recommend that everyone who has something, try it. You never know. You never know what your that your work might spark, and uh, and I'd like to check you know, look at all the things. Uh, ultimately, though, our 2021 winner will be the uh, deciding judge. She's the last one, so no pressure. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends. Because uh, I had her and another person. I was the judge this last time, mm -hmm. and both people were really good. So we're going to see Jim Bates' book uh, short in a little bit as well. So uh, check it out. Um, try it. You never know. You might be the next, uh, the 2022 winner. Yeah, and again, like Walter said, you know, you part of the grand prize is to actually come out to California for Pop Culture Expo. And I actually got to meet Walter last year. Well, it was technically, yeah, it was last year. Holy crap yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> and it was so much fun. And before I met Walter, I got to meet uh, Melissa, Melissa Ridley Elms, uh, who was 20. 20s winner right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was so much fun yeah uh, it'll be 2019 sorry time is <laughs> irrelevant right now like no, i know we're I in 2022 now that's what matters lockdown hasn't finished till lockdown finishes time is still a little wonky so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a while ago all right it was a while ago yeah. but it was really awesome to get to meet uh jenna because she she has amazing art and she helped uh, actually do one of my uh, book covers. So it yes. was really cool. Liberty's run. That was so much fun. I love, I, I love doing book covers. Like it's genuinely just one of my favorite things. So. Yeah. And, I, and I really like the, the one you did for uh, the stumbling into crazy town. That was uh, so for, much fun. <laughs> I know. I, it I love really it cool. so much. I am in love with that cover. Thank you. Like, that's my favorite part about it all is like, when, you know, the writers have an idea, which is why I try to involve them as much as possible, you know, like what, I don't care how simple your idea is, just tell me, give me yeah. whatever fleeting thoughts you have. And just trying to bring it forward and bring it to life. And like yours was so much fun. Because there, there was just like a depth there that I understood, I feel. So. Yeah, well, I, I gave you two ideas and you just blended them together perfectly. I tried, but, I tried. I'm a little curious because <laughs> I haven't heard about this. 
what were the two ideas that uh, that were blended? They were gorgeous. So one is, yeah, ahead, so one of them was actually um, like an ethereal woman climbing out of a hole. And the other one was a woman like lost in the woods and they were blended together to perfection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a really <laughs> cool cover. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So, cause I do want to talk about the cover from your perspective, <laughs> not just from mine, uh, in a little bit. So, okay. So both of you guys, if you don't mind answering, Walter, you can, you can answer. You don't have to, you can, like I said, you don't, you can just jump out at any point, <laughs> okay. but I want to know what the experience of not only entering the open contract challenge, but like facing Facing the trials <laughs> that ultimately resulted in your wins. So whoever wants to go first, I'm really curious about your perspectives. Okay, so David Montoya asked me, you know, what did you think of the contest? Um, is there anything that you would change to make it better? And I honestly said, no, I loved every step of the way. When you open up your email and it says, congratulations, you made it to the next level. That is just the most amazing feeling in the world. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, one of the things that I, I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm jumping in real quick. One of the things I did add in was to make sure to tell people how to write a uh, book synopsis or chat book synopsis, and, mm-hmm. you know, because they didn't tell us the first year. So as director, <laughs> I was like, okay, we need Good to- Good luck, everybody. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that was actually very <laughs> helpful. What the- what the heck is a book slant? What is it really a, a proper one? Is so, yeah. And and there was stiff competition for Peggy, but she was and she was right up there all all along. She did a really great job. I believe it. I believe it. When you know we go through, because I find out the finalists or who's moving forward, uh, probably. I'm probably like one of the last people to know, (laughs) but it's when I hear the names, because most of them I'm already familiar enough with and we hear them and it's so excited. And it, it just, the minute I heard that it was, you know, Peggy and the finalists, I was genuinely just like, not surprised, proud and excited for, but not surprised. Honestly. Thank you so much. (laughs) Like that's one of the greatest parts about being a part of the world of myth is familiarizing yourself with so many different writers and getting so many different perspectives and you shine so brightly across the magazine so I'm very very excited for your win so thank you (laughs) all right so what inspired you to submit your entries your entry in the first place like what made you think you know what I'm just I'm I'm gonna do it Yeah, so it took me a few tries. David Montoya had sent me a message saying, you know, the contest is open, take a look. And I took a look and I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm good enough. And then I took a look again. It's like, oh, I don't know if I have it in me. And then the third time I was like, yes, I'm going to do it. And I think that's really all it comes down to is kind of just like, you can sit there and compare and contrast yourself left and exactly yes and it's not going to do anything for you eventually you just kind of have to like swallow it and say you know what I'm just going to do it (laughs) I don't care what happens right exactly do it exactly 
Well, I'm very glad you entered. Uh, so what, <laughs> what kind of lessons do you think you learned during your experience uh, of the contest? And what was the scheduling like and uh, dealing with the deadlines and all of that? What, what, how did that impact you as a writer? <laughs> Yeah, so for me, I actually love deadlines. I'm a bit of a procrastinator, and without <laughs> deadlines, I'll just keep putting it off and putting it off. And I saw, you know, okay, you know, do April 1st, and I was like, okay, I'm going to sit down and get to work. So it was really helpful for me. Yeah, I'm I'm very much the same way. It's like, if you put a number in front of my face, I'm going to grasp it, and I'm going to know, okay, that's, <laughs> that's when I need to uh, be diligent by. Yeah. Yes. If you leave it up in the air or do do it when you feel like it, I'm never gonna feel like it. Honestly, I'm gonna forget about it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I need I need now information. Right. 30 years later. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I had um somebody somebody got a commission from me for an art piece. You guys, it was three years. <laughs> oh three years. <laughs> oh no. It worked out. It worked out, but yeah. So I get hey, as long as you got it done. You know, yeah. Oh, I've, yeah. I've commissioned people and it never got done. I'm just saying. Oh, 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 yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, no. no, no, no. It will get done. It's just going to take a minute. So right. I totally understand the plight of the benefit of having a deadline. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. So in regard to the challenge, was it any different to how you typically write? Um, just basically, you know, I sat down and said, you know what? I'm just going to get this done. I'm not going to, you know, stop and do anything else. I'm not going to stop to take phone calls. I'm just <laughs> going to sit down and get it done. And, and that's what I did. You know, I could always call the people back later. Exactly. Do not disturb is there for a reason. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> so I mean, you... normally I'm very lax about my writing, but not this time. But see, I think that's also an interesting way to balance it you know, it, it, it kind of helps, uh, delegate the space in your brain. Yeah. Of what it is, but hopefully it also, I obviously did not impact negatively impact by kind of putting those boundaries. So it's good to know that works. Right. Well, it worked, it worked for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's, all, our best. <laughs> it's all trial and error for everybody. Yeah. So how do you think up to this point, because I know you, we only just announced your, your win not that long ago, but how do you feel that the contest has enriched your career as a writer up to this point and possibly in the future? Yeah. So before the contest, I thought of myself as a person who likes to write since the contest. I think of myself as an author and it's, you know, like a little subtle shift, but it actually makes a big difference to me. And it's very validating. Yes. Yes. The, the exactly what you said about, you know, a person who enjoys writing and being an author, you know, they're right. technically the same things, but just kind of shifting that, that mental state of, I love writing and I enjoy it. But guess what? So, yeah, but now I'm a real writer. Yeah. So, all right, we're going to jump ahead and I'm going to ask you about your winning book. So 
let's kind of put the spotlight away from the OCC for a second and jump over to personal Peggy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you care to give us a little bit in, of insight about who you are as a person and as a writer? Um, you know, this is one of my hardest questions because I just never know how to describe myself or like what's interesting about myself. So um, I grew up in New York City. Now I live in Northern New Jersey with my husband of 40 years. We got married when we were babies. We raised three kids together. And as the kids got older, we became foster parents. Mm -hmm. And over the years, we've taken in 13 foster children. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. And if you don't mind, can I take 20 seconds to brag about my children? Take, take 20 minutes. Okay. I don't care. I'll like you fast. and you. So, so my <laughs> older daughter, Nicole, is actually a doctor um, in the pediatric emergency room at Cornell. Oh, wow. My son is a lawyer at Everytown for Gun Safety, which is an organization that gets illegal guns off the street. Beautiful. And my younger daughter is a genetic counselor And they've all married like these incredible, nice, kind, compassionate people who I think of as my children as well. And um, I have four grandchildren, (laughs) ages one month to six years, and they are absolutely the lights of my life. And as far as writing goes, so I always like to write, but I just didn't do it. And then all of a sudden, all the kids were out of the house, and I was like, oh, what am I going to do with myself? <laughs> and then I thought, you know what? I like to write. Why don't I just write? And I joined a writing group and that's when it all began. Oh, wow. So it just kind of like, forgive the pun, stumbled <laughs> yes, <laughs> into the perfect exactly. opportunity. Exactly. And that is amazing about your kids. Like you, you, uh, you guys did some really phenomenal work to make sure those kids uh, are doing what they're doing. You yes. know, so, yeah. I mean, good job. Good oh, job. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so what's, the, what's the newest one? The one month old, the grandbaby? A little girl. Oh, okay. Sorry, baby. <laughs> Get a little excited, okay? <laughs> no, no, it's, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> so... Can you, on the note of your your writing, uh, can you kind of boast a little bit about everything that you've done that has been published since you started writing? Yeah, you know, so I started writing about three years ago, and then I started submitting about two and a half years ago. I joined the Inner Circle Writers Group, and everybody was talking about, well, you know, Thank you, Stephanie Barty. You know, (laughs) my my work is published in World of Myths, and I just started reading all the things, and I thought... I can submit too. (laughs) Um, So I do have like a few things that I'm particularly proud of. And one of them actually is the book that Stephanie Barty put together, Natural Instincts, Tales of Mm -hmm. Witches and Warlocks. It's just a really nice book. Mm -hmm. I love tales about witches and I'm proud of the story that I have in there. Yeah. Um, Another thing that I'm actually very proud of is that I have six things published with 101words.org. Every morning I get up and I read a 101 word story. And I'm just amazed at how emotional I can feel 
from mm-hmm. just 101 words. So I started writing for them. And quite a few of my stories have been, you know, shared on social media, like a lot. Oh, and nice. the fact that my work resonates with people so well, just really makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. That's the ultimate goal, isn't it? You know, you write for yourself. Yes. But when somebody, when it resonates with them, it's again, that validation, that kind of, uh, okay, so I'm, I'm in the right field right now because I'm giving exactly. something to somebody who needs it in some, whatever way they're finding comfort or joy or peace in it. Exactly. And that's awesome. That's a gift. Thank you. <laughs> Be proud. It's okay. Be proud. You are allowed, you know, you are a very, very humble person, but girl, go for it right now. Like just jump for joy and be proud of yourself and your work. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can't even tell you how exa- excited I am about the book. And as a matter of fact, so um, it went on sale on Amazon on January 26th. I didn't oh, well. discover it there until January 28th. So <laughs> I put it on my social media. And then the next thing I know, it's the number four bestseller in women's oh, poetry. Wow. Yes. You know who is number one? Who's number Amanda one? Amanda Gorman. My oh, claim wow. to fame is that I will always have been three behind Amanda Gorman. Yeah. Yeah. You know, go ahead. Like I said, drop the humble act right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and just, that is amazing. Congratulations. That is Thank so you. cool. Thank you. So awesome. Just yeah. to be on I a list. Shocked. But I took to... a screenshot on my phone, on my <laughs> iPad. I made my husband take a screenshot. Get it framed, get it framed, get it printed and framed. Yeah, seriously, That's... I think I will. That is absolutely amazing, though. Like I said, to be on a list, you know, in general, yes, depending on the list, of course. But yes. <laughs> some lists I don't want to be on. Yeah. But to be on that kind of list under somebody so prolific, like that's really an accomplishment. That is awesome. Yeah. So, okay. So let's jump back to the world of myth. You said um, it was basically just a uh, circumstance that allowed you to go, oh, wait, there's a world of myth. What? Yeah, yeah. so I saw a few people from Inner Circle Writers Group um, published in World of Myth. So I started reading it and I was like, wow, dark writing. I like dark writing. And so I submitted something and Stephanie Barty sent me a lovely acceptance email. And then a Miss Jenna Sparks reviewed it on her podcast and said some really nice things. And I felt like, wow, I found a new family. <laughs> I think that is probably the best statement just in terms of discovering that family in the world of myth. You know, it's such a, it's a unique environment because it's, it's so expansive. There's so, I mean, worldwide authors and artists and everybody from all over the world, but it, it's still so tight knit. Yeah. It's amazing. It's like, and I know, you know, at first it's imposing, you know, you're like, what am I getting into? You know, I, I <laughs> it's scary. It's scary to put yourself in any kind of situation where you're putting yeah. your work at the, you know, forward and the front, but you come to realize, wait, no, this is actually a great place because it's not cold. It's not, right, right. Uh, you know, while it is a 
a professional business, it's not, you know, so corporate and, you know, copy and pasted uh, either, you know, rejections or acceptances. It's an, it's actual people behind the, the screens and keyboards who are taking in the content, who are uh, seeing these authors, who are seeing these artists, who are just really putting forward this beautiful momentum of celebrating yes people from I mean all walks of life from all over the world and that is it's so exciting I it really is it's it's just it's so much fun too because it's yeah you know too there's there's not cruelty I feel is another aspect exactly exactly I, I feel everybody is supporting each other yeah and I feel like that's today a bit of a rarity. Yeah, you're right. So, okay. Go ahead. What were you going to say, Walter? Oh, I was just agreeing. He's that, just agreeing. That's, that's an important thing is that, you know, play nice. As, yeah. as the great Patrick Swayze said, be nice. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Peggy, when, when did you decide to start writing poetry what was it about poetry that made yeah you... so I mean my, my book is about mental health mm-hmm. and about three years ago well I had an anxiety disorder and about three years ago it was as bad as it ever had been mm. and I just started putting my feelings down on paper and then turning it into poetry, very bad poetry, but it's almost like I was purging those feelings with every word that I wrote, I felt that much better. And so I just continued writing poetry and hopefully got better and better at it. Well, you obviously you did. <laughs> you did, yeah, let me assure you. Yeah, no, when I look at my and, first poems, um, I'm appalled. <laughs> Well, yeah, but you shouldn't, you shouldn't, I, I thought one of the best uh, quotes was actually, oddly enough, from uh, um, Adventure Time. Jake the dog says, you know, sucking <laughs> at something is the first step to being really great at something, you know, no oh. one is great at first. You know? I never heard that quote <laughs> before. I love it. Yeah, it yeah. is a very similar statement, like from Harry Potter, and I always resort to it, where it's like, the greatest witches and wizards of all time, where did they start? Where we're starting as students, <laughs> like, you gotta start yeah. somewhere. Right. And, right. you know, you have you, to be patient with yourself. Exactly. And forgiving to yourself. Right. <laughs> because right. if you're looking at your first couple of pieces going, oh my God, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, give your cut cut yourself the slack and be like I didn't know what I was doing and that's okay yeah. right right <laughs> yeah my my early stuff is blessed it is is decent you know but you know it, you learn you get better eventually yeah you know if you do something enough you're mm-hmm. going to get better and you you perfect your your you perfect your practice of how you do it right right and you know what if somebody gives me constructive criticism I actually listen Mm -hmm. and that's very important yeah that's been very important for me yeah yeah and it's necessary it's necessary to hear it too 
I think a lot of people think, oh, if you're going to say something about my work, I mean, there's unsolicited criticism that happens. Oh, yes, there is. (laughs) Okay, I didn't ask for it, guys, but all right, I guess, (laughs) you know, but but the people who genuinely want to see you flourish as a writer, they're the ones who are going to know how to approach you and they're, you know, you're going to be able to hear and understand what right they're the critique they're giving you so I really appreciate it if I have something if something is rejected and the editor takes the time mm -hmm. to tell me how I can make it better I really appreciate it yeah and that's I mean that's phenomenal when they actually they they give you an idea okay here's where you could improve here's maybe where it's rare it's rare but it does happen but it's a world of difference yeah as opposed to, sorry, you know, your work is great, but it's not going to fit in. Right. Right. Okay. <laughs> the typical rejection. Thanks. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Just throw it somewhere else. Right. <laughs> so, but at the same time, you've, you've crossed someone off the list who isn't, who doesn't dig what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And that's what you got to yeah, look for right. is people who really dig what you're doing that aren't going to be like, okay. If you make these hundred changes in this hundred word story, I will accept it. You know, they, we want people who are like, yeah, absolutely. You know, <laughs> yeah, you want the people who are just excited about your work as you are. Yeah. And it feels it's, it's, I feel it's hard to come by, but when you do come by it, it's invaluable. And absolutely, it's, it's, I think that's the, the not the most important but I mean as a creative person I feel like that's kind of the 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 bridge that gaps the why and why not (laughs) why am I doing this or you know the why not why shouldn't I do this and the 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 people who genuinely are like okay here's here's where you can improve here's where we support you here's all of this that is that bridge and People are very lucky when they get it and find it. Yes. All right. So here's one of my favorite questions because I love, I love all creative people. And I feel like everybody is different and it's so much fun. Um, do you have any rituals when it comes to writing? Like what is your process? And I like seeing ritual because you're very open about your anxiety disorder. I also yeah. have anxiety. I have my rituals. What are your rituals? Oh, so I'm like Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory. I have my spot <laughs> on the couch. I don't want anyone else to sit there. So I sit <laughs> myself down and I actually always write on my iPad. Mm-hmm. And if I have an idea, I just write it straight through. I don't care about grammar. I don't care about spelling because you can always go back and edit. Mm-hmm. And you know, sometimes I mm-hmm. edit a work 10 times before I even think about submitting it yeah that's that's a good idea is just get it on paper and then you can worry about the rest later exactly Exactly. very helpful it is because yeah it's you don't know how that idea is going to change or manifest if you linger on it too long (laughs) yeah yeah and you know what you know what you know like my memory is a little bit short so if I'm busy working on the first paragraph for an hour I already don't remember what I was going to write for the last paragraph. Exactly. <laughs> and it gets frustrating. Yes, it does. 
All right, so I'm going to go ahead and again, because I, I wanted to talk about it before uh, regarding the cover of Stumbling in Crazy Town. Um, and for me personally, having already been familiar with your work, I, I had a whole playlist <laughs> that I had set up and I listened to while I was working on the cover um, and kind of help with the ambiance and the environment of, of encompassing your direction just right. So I'm, I'm very curious uh, what kind of music <laughs> enchants or dictates your brain and if it plays a role in what you write. Um, mm. And I also just kind of want to see if, if what inspires you is, is also what like linked in my brain <laughs> when working on the cover for your book. Yeah, no, I would love to hear your playlist. I find music <laughs> to be very, very distracting when I'm writing. As soon as when I turn you're writing, on, yeah. I'm, I'm singing and then that's the end of my writing. <laughs> so I like to have it, you know, very quiet and peaceful when I'm trying to write. But I would love to hear your playlist because, you, as you know, I love the cover. <laughs> a lot of it was um, Tori Amos. There's a lot of Tori Amos in there. Mm -hmm. Um <laughs> I love Tori Amos. It makes sense. I don't know why, but that's, <laughs> right? yeah, I totally see that. <laughs> it was yeah. like as, Frame as, is I, was, great, so. as <laughs> I was talking to Peggy and she showed me the, the examples of what she was looking for, it was like, okay, I kind of already know where I'm headed and what I need to, to guide me. <laughs> and it started off with Tori Amos, um, like it developed into, oh crap, um, a little bit of uh, Imogene Heap, who is a phenomenal writer um a lot of very uh giddy but also slightly depressing music <laughs> but that's also what I listen to on the regular but yeah a lot oh, of depressing music <laughs> it it soothes us it soothes us it does so okay up to this point in your career um, cause we talked about what had been published, but in terms of individual pieces, do you have one that resonates the most as your favorite and, and why is it your favorite? Okay. So for me, it's actually the poem stumbling in crazy town, which inspired the whole book. Mm -hmm. I think it perfectly describes the way that I felt when I was at my lowest point. Mm. And I think it brings hope because, you know, you have to work hard, like really hard to get out of that hole, but mm -hmm. you know, you can do it. I mean, you know, I, I talk about, you know, yeah, digging in my talons and trying to climb out and, you know, it was three steps forwards and two steps backwards, but I think the poem really describes it. And I hope for other people, they can begin to understand a little bit what it feels like. It's funny, I opened up to my brother about how bad I was feeling at the time. And he said to me, what's wrong with you? You have a nice <laughs> husband, you have nice children. Why can't you oh, just man. snap out of it? And so go outside for a walk. I'll go back this to him book, for advice. This poem, you know, is for people like him, you know, to help them maybe understand a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's hard. It's very hard um, conveying uh, 
mental mental health mental illness mental health and mental space it's very hard explaining that to people who don't experience or who haven't not even necessarily don't experience it but don't understand that there is a term for it and it is it is sometimes that can something that can be all consuming yeah Yeah. and yeah that's where you know you in your craft it's so important so 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 important because you know with your language and your skills and your ability you're able to literally put it to paper and and kind of just present it in a way that is feasible for people to both relate to and people who maybe don't relate but to become empathetic to right right Right. And you know what? There are a lot of people who pretend that they don't relate just because they're too scared to talk they're too about scared. it. Yeah. yeah. There's it's True. so silly. It's it so really silly. Is. Cause it's 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 so much more common, you know, and that I'm very glad you put out work like this. You know what I mean? It's very, very important. Because the further yes. and more we we deconstruct and normalize these yes, conversations. Yes. yes. And people and are you know go- what? I, I have to thank you for not using the word brave. So I have no. one review that said I was so brave to be talking about this. <laughs> and I thought, you know what? If you told me, oh, yesterday I had a migraine, I would say, oh, Jenny, you're so brave to talk <laughs> about this. You know, mental illness is just an illness and we should be able to talk about it like any other illness and not have to be not be thought of as brave but just you know someone talking about their illness like a normal person would exactly well exactly and if i i I really would like to jump in for two seconds here on the fact that it's the chemicals in your body are Mm -hmm. not your body is not making enough chemicals in the right places you know so you know, we don't, we don't go, oh my God, that's so brave that you told me you have diabetes. Yeah, you know, exactly. it's, not, it's not their fault. You know, <laughs> right. Right. they right. don't want this to be right. happening. Yeah. We don't want this to be happening to them. You know, yeah. it's the same thing with, with us, you know, that, you know, my brain, the, the right chemicals don't get to my brain. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, my stupid body's fault, not me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, some people are just predisposed to it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's yep. got a huge genetic basis. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, there's so many factors that play into it. I feel like also, you know, as three creative people sitting here, uh, <laughs> it's it's very, um, it, it feels almost predatory <laughs> with very creative people. I mean, mental illness does not uh it it, anybody anybody has to to deal with it in any way shape or form but I feel like you know creative people I don't want to say deal with it differently or anything like that but I feel like it's a little bit um easier to not live with but to open up about and share a little bit more of an outlet for it you have a way to it does help to, in some ways, to kind of, uh, uh, my my friend Gina would, would be like, did, did you write today? Did you? No? You better write before I come and pick you up for lunch, you know. <laughs> so it, it's a way to help cope with it. 
and maybe that's for that's why people are some people are so creative who have this are because they're you know it's instead of using mechanisms. drugs and alcohol yeah 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 this is a lot better I'm just mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah i mean for me writing is therapy mm-hmm. yeah yeah exactly yeah. yeah all right so on that note <laughs> what what do you think energizes you to keep writing you know when i was raising my kids every morning i woke up and thought you know what i have some important things to do today And then when they moved out of the house, like I lost that. And then I started writing. And now every day that I write or every day that I wake up, I think I have something important to do today. And that's what really motivates me to keep doing it. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. It's the the (laughs) ever-present cycle, I guess. Cycle might be a good word. So, you know, I don't know what it is. It just gives me a sense of meaning and importance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So have you ever happened to fall into like any, any kind of trap where maybe, because we talked before about, you know, taking advice or constructive criticism, but where Mm -hmm. uh, perhaps some advice or information was actually more harmful than helpful especially too like what we just talked about with uh mental health and everything you know uh do you feel like there are any factors about your your writing career that you know what not really the the only thing that I'm gonna say is there's a lot of vanity presses out there yeah and you know I have my work in seven different in seven in eight anthologies seven of them I'm very proud of but one of them was like a vanity press and so you know I sent my work in there and I was so proud to be accepted and then the book came to my house and it was awful Mm -hmm. and of course you know there was no compensation for it you know the guy that was doing this took everything for himself figures (laughs) yeah yeah so really for me that's the only thing and I only made that mistake once and unfortunately, you know, that's, that's it. I can't even say it's necessarily a mistake. That's just, you know, you're, you're literally doing what you have to do as a writer, which is yeah. to send everything and anything you can literally anywhere. <laughs> and if, you know, somebody, like you said, like a, a vanity, you know, project or press, you right. know, they pick it right. up, you know, all right. It's unfortunately sucks but guess what it's another another uh title to put on your your cv (laughs) yeah plus you know what i learned a great lesson from it Mm -hmm. well if you didn't have to give put up money then that's a that's okay that too that's true that's i do know people who have put up money and ended up with nothing You know, you can get your book published, but you have to spend a thousand dollars. It's like, whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, hold on a second. Yeah. <laughs> so if you didn't have to do that, I, I which is fine if you if you want to do that, I like to prefer other people to pay me. So yeah. that's just that's <laughs> it's usually the best way it works. <laughs> yes. Um, so like we just you know went on and on about um regarding stumbling in crazy town uh how it's dedicated 
we might say, <laughs> to uh, mental health, the, the struggles of mental health, mm-hmm. how, and we, we kind of touched on it, but how do you feel like the writing helps you come to terms with or cope with your own, your personal experiences? Yeah, you know what? I read my own book um, to try to take my own advice. Um, For example, I have one poem called Love Letter to Myself, and it's really dedicated to women who look in the mirror and don't like what they see, Mm -hmm. which is probably most women in this country. And so I reread the poem, poem and I'm like, you know what? Maybe my stomach doesn't look so good in this dress, but three children grew in there. (laughs) So you know what? I'm okay. Yeah. So I do go through the book and and take my own advice. Like the reframing, especially, you can take a very, very bad circumstance and reframe it in such a way, not that it's, you know, great, but that it's easier to manage. Yeah. And, And give it a new outlook in a way. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, actually, I talked about, (laughs) I talked about that on one of the recent episodes of the World of Myth Bits about uh, turning a traumatic, a traumatic, quote unquote, however we experience uh, something that, you know, we feel is traumatic Mm -hmm. and uh, refocusing instead of focusing on the feelings to refocus on the facts right of the past so if you you know something as simple as oh my god I can't believe I said that in a public place how embarrassing (laughs) you know one of my one of my favorite quotes is you don't have to believe everything you think yeah exactly that exactly Exactly. that to a t to a t (laughs) so on on that note too you also explore the concept of comparing yourself to others, which yes, is, <laughs> yes, uh, it's a habit of all creatives. Let's be honest. What what do you do to shut it down? <laughs> yeah. It so you know what? I actually do not know a single person that does not compare themselves mm-hmm. to others, especially with social media. It's an epidemic right now. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, again, like I take my own advice. Like I say, comparing yourself to others is a competition that makes no sense. There are never winners or losers. You just wind up feeling tense. That's it. It's a competition that makes no sense. Like you can look at your Facebook page and say, oh, I only have, you know, a hundred Facebook friends, but you know, so-and-so has 3000 Facebook friends, but you know what? You don't know if those 3,000 friends are actually legitimate friends. Mm-hmm. And maybe you have three friends that would lay down their lives for you. And then you're doing okay. You don't know anybody else's story. Yeah. So yeah. I think about that all the time. Yeah. And it's it's being sensitive to that fact. Yes. Of, you yes. know, and, and being, I feel like, I feel like people, um, creative minds tend to it's it becomes all or nothing you know oh I haven't achieved this like this author or this artist did when they were my age or you know look at (laughs) my peers who you know I know it just use myself as an example I know artists who are you know really experiencing absolute greatness in their careers right now and I'm like you know hey Etsy do I got any tax forms this year and no, I don't. 
<laughs> which is fine. It's fine. Honestly, the less tax forms with, I'm fine. Uh, but realistically, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. so easy for it exactly. to become this all or nothing mental yes. state. Yes, absolutely. And it, it really can start to wound you. Yeah, you and know, I, I, read, I, I read everybody's bios and, you know, some of them say, and, you know, I have 800 things published. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I don't think I'll ever have 800 things published, but you know what? Then I think about my, my little poem and then that's okay. You know, that's very much okay well for me. Yeah. I mean, look at an author like Stephen King. You know, he has some phenomenal books. Yes. And he has some not so phenomenal books <laughs> and stories. That's true. Yes. Because it's, yeah. it's, I mean, that's his life. That's his life. He writes. And as every writer knows, not everything you write is gold. Right. And Stephen King is a perfect example of that. <laughs> yes. Some so I think work. that's, yeah. <laughs> yep. Some projects don't work as you want it to. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So I, I think one thing also that's very interesting today for writers is that we have for a very long time romanticized uh, mental illness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and well, I thought you were going to say uh, meth, uh, opium, but yes, <laughs> that <then>. as well, <laughs> that as well. Uh, <laughs> but either artists, I mean, it's actually, you know, it goes hand in hand, uh, either, uh, artists or writers, they kind of, um, they'll either utilize it as, as like a really played out trope or using mental illness, which this is one that just really grinds my gears is where they use it as like a quirk for a character, yeah. like OCD, yeah. like OCD is not, you know, monk. Like, that's not OCD. Uh, as lovely as Tony Shalhoub is, that is not the case. Uh, point is, what what do you think the future looks like, uh, honestly and openly writing about and sharing experiences regarding mental illness? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just hope that people are going to become more open about it. I, I think, like, in this pandemic, you know, I read that one out of every three people is suffering. Mm-hmm. So I'm just really hoping it comes to the forefront a little bit. Yeah. I think well, it will. I think we can look at kids too. I mean, I'm hearing more and more people being like, oh yeah, yeah. So-and-so has this, so-and-so has that. That, mm-hmm. you know, kids are being treated um, when they're kids instead of when they're 49 years old. That's so. a very good point. Too. Yeah. There yeah. is, you know, while accessibility to, you know, uh, therapy and mental health uh, assistance in any way, shape, or form, with the stigma kind of slowly evaporating, not so much evaporating, but where it's kind of slowly peeling back, you know, we are gaining a little bit more access. And like Walter just said, where kids are, you know, Get, having more and more access to it at a younger age and learning coping mechanisms at a much younger age as opposed to you know being older being an adult with it yeah where it almost becomes un not unmanageable but even scarier you know you look at like uh it's, it's not so much mental illness but you know adults who are diagnosed with autism is very tricky because most adults by the time that they get any kind of any kind of diagnosis 
they've already figured out how to cope Mm -hmm. and how to uh, deal with reality (laughs) in ways that, you know, are are okay, because obviously they're still, you know, uh, flourishing as, as humans and everything like that, but necessarily haven't been helping them the way yeah, no, a diagnosis them, would have. Yeah, a lot of them had a real tough time growing up. Mm-hmm. And but I think it's right. really important to know what's wrong. I mean, I was talking to a yeah, friend absolutely. who was not sure about, you know, doing uh, testing and that kind of stuff um, for someone. And I was just like, you know, for me, I was just like, no, no, the best thing in the world was finding out I had ADHD at 49. Mm-hmm. I would have preferred that I had found out at like 11 or 19. Yeah, answer yeah. so many questions. Yeah, but it, it's explains so, so much about yeah. my, you know. So I think that it, regardless of what age, it's important to find out, and it's important just so you know that it's not just you. Yeah, it's, or right. It's, yeah, it's not right, your brain right. is being a jerk. So mm-hmm. right, bless its heart. but you do have you have more control than you think is what I always Mm -hmm. try to remind myself (laughs) doesn't always work you also might not be um like I I didn't think I was that smart because I kept making mistakes that other people weren't Mm -hmm. and then I upon learning that I have ADHD it was like oh well there you go that's one reason I can't take verbal instructions Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah so I write everything yeah Yeah. (laughs) It's so, so important because, and it's, yeah. you know, it, it, it cracks me up because it's like, how, how much more wonderful would the human race be with just being, you know, having these kind of, these kind of conversations, but also, you know, like Walter said, and figuring out, okay, wait, there's really nothing actually wrong with my intellectual abilities. Right. I just have to learn in a completely different way. Right. How much better would the world be? How many more people would, you know, be able to access again, creativity? How many people would be able to access, you know, mathematician levels, knowing that there's a different way to approach it. I can't do math for the life of me. (laughs) Like I just cannot. And how many people would just be like, you know, uh, as a waitress or a waiter, I need to write stuff down because Mm -hmm. I can't, I, I can, I hear and process everything in that second, but after that, it's gone. Yeah. So, you know, the, it's, it's knowing, it's knowing where you can and can't, what you can and can't do, but, you know, it's always good to know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So Peggy, Mm -hmm. on the note, because we've talked plenty about mental health, but on the note that I think is a good segue to, you know, what, what advice would you give for burgeoning writers? You know, you, you are still, you're, you're still new to writing, but you're not. Right. Like, right. So, so here's my advice in two parts. Number one, just read, 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 and read critically. Um, read to look at the character develop and to look at the plot development and just keep those things in mind. When you find something that you like, you know, just try to remember it and use it. And the second part is don't give up. There's going to be rejections. You know, Mm -hmm. just 
about six weeks ago, I sent in a story somewhere and I got a rejection and it said, you know, we thought it was very well written, but we don't think it was enough of a story. I sent it in someplace else and they said, we love it. We're going to pay you. So just the magic don't words. give up. If, if you believe in your story, just don't give up. Yeah. And don't, don't just throw it away because right. one person had something to say about it. Right. To another person, right. it is gold. Right. <laughs> And what about, what about your future as a writing? What do you, what do you anticipate or see? Yeah. So here's the thing. Now that I wrote a book, I know that I can write a book Mm -hmm. and I've just started on my second book. (laughs) Now, I just needed the confidence to know that I could do it. Yeah. Again, that validation that, okay, yes, hold on. (laughs) <laughs> I'm on yes, something exactly. here. Exactly. Yes. Now this follow-up, is it also going to be a foray into poetry? You know, it is. Yes. Okay. I'm not um, complaining. I'm just very no, no, curious. No, no. Actually, I've been writing short stories for the past couple of years. And my next step after that, I think I'm going to put my short stories together in a book. Do it. Anything I feel like you are such a talented writer in that you you understand how to a- adapt from moving from poetry to fiction and I feel like not every writer can do that so fluidly yeah and you do it so well like I I really started to notice um especially like I said the more and more that I'm reading your work in pretty much every issue of the world of myth and really seeing how able you are to transcend from genres and again that is such a talent that I feel like just doesn't always get enough appreciation because people people think if you write you write if you draw you draw if you sing you sing if you you know if you play an instrument you obviously know how to play every instrument right people don't realize how hard it is to move from one place in a specific genre to another. You know, yeah, I can draw true. I can draw a mean portrait, but somebody says, oh, can you draw um, a robot? And I'm gonna go, no, <laughs> I don't think I can. <laughs> I mean, I can try, but right. it's gonna take a little bit more work. Right. Because people just don't always, people who aren't as creative don't always grasp. There is so, such a broad spectrum of writing genres, the difference between poetry and fiction. And, you know, it, it doesn't seem like there's a large gap until you see a writer who maybe doesn't always transition that well. And then you see other writers who do. Then there are the writers who like Francesca Leah Block, who just merges it all together and (laughs) gives you fiction and poetry uh, in a novel form. So anyway, sorry, I went off on a tangent there. Um, so yeah, so tell us more about what's coming up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I can't resist a good contest. And I saw a poetry book contest. And so that's my next project. Yay! <laughs> Again, what have you got to lose? 
Exactly, exactly. Nothing to lose. And you know what? If I I don't think I'm going to win this contest, but at the end of it, I have a new book. Exactly. And you've entered, I mean, like, that's literally one of the hardest parts of being a writer is to actually get together a whole book. Yeah. (laughs) So it is completely a win-win. You may win. Right. You may win, but you still win with the book. (laughs) Exactly. At the end of it. Exactly. Yes. You can use it somewhere else. Exactly. And you know, there's always a home for you over at the world of myths. So (laughs) yeah, you know what? If if it weren't for the open contract challenge, like so many of these things wouldn't be happening for me. Mm -hmm. I believe it. I believe, you know, I keep, I keep saying it because it's such an important word to me, but it's that validation. And like you said, the confidence of realizing, you know, exactly what you had said, realizing you could do it and you challenged yourself and you did and look at what happened you won and now you're unstoppable yeah no I couldn't be happier about it I'd like to kind of get into to mention really quickly that today uh is February 12th not only our friend Stephanie's uh, birthday happy birthday Mm -hmm. Stephanie. happy birthday um (laughs) and uh but is also would have been her um Peggy's uh signing day because this would have been when the yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. But it unfortunately got pushed back to June for good reasons. So yeah, because of the pandemic. So, yeah, yeah. And uh, but uh, so I just thought that was kind of you will have that day. You will. Have yeah, that you know what? You, you know what? So I've ordered I've ordered bookmarks for a giveaway. They're not coming for a few weeks, so I'll have everything in Perfect. place. So yeah, I'm okay with it. <laughs> and honestly, I want to see those. I want one. <laughs> I, no, absolutely, absolutely. I'll grab you some, Walter. I'll send them to cool. you when I when Thank I you. meet Peggy in June. <laughs> no, to be totally honest, it's probably for the best that you don't come to California in February, COVID or not. Um, it things just aren't pretty in February. <laughs> yeah, June it's a little bit prettier, so you'll get to see uh, some more blooms. You know, some some more natural hues uh everything the desert just looks not not cute in middle of february (laughs) the poor desert's all like whoa what did i do i I always insult the desert i can't help it uh but no it is very exciting that uh we'll get to meet come june and uh you'll actually get to have your official signing and all of that yeah I'm really looking forward to it it's gonna it's a big deal and I feel like you know the one thing that I I kind of keep pushing more and more every year as we proceed you know through PCE uh the pop culture expo is Mm -hmm. making a bigger deal of the open contract challenge winners because to me it is such a feat and such an accomplishment and such a big deal and you know you guys need to be celebrated for your win and what it means for you as writers for um a micro publishing company no less to you know have such brilliant writers who uh how you know even think to submit to you know the magazine to the open contract challenge it's to me all around such an important important factor of 
where we are in terms of passion, uh, career and everything meshed together. And so um, I'm not going to embarrass you come PCE and, you know, get pointing lighted arrows saying Peggy Gerber here, but, <laughs> well, thank you for that. <laughs> but I really, you know, I, I really want, you know, all of, all of you writers and winners to really know how cherished you are as a part of this community. And um, again, I think that's, that's a very important factor. So. Oh, thank that's, you. And it's really good. It's a really good voice. <laughs> Even I, I'm not a big poetry person. And I, I was reading it out loud to my wife, you know, bits and pieces, you know, uh, as the great sentences as they came along. So. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know what, Walter? So I'm reading your book, Liberty's Run right now. And I'm oh, not that well, much of a zombie you. person, but I'm really enjoying the book. But that's the beauty oh, of the world of myth. Yes. I, yes. I never liked science fiction. I could not get into science fiction for the life of me. But then I started reading the world of myth. And now the science fiction section is one of my favorites. Yeah. Me I too. did not think that would be me. <laughs> that is, I think one of, I don't know, like, I, I, I don't know what it is because if it's up to me, I'm not going to go out of my way to read something that I think I don't want to read. And then, right, you know, right you're faced with it and you're like, you know what, actually let's give it a shot. <laughs> yeah. I've got 10 minutes to spend know. here. Exactly. Yeah. And then you, you fall in love with all sorts of new stories. So keep complimenting each other though. It's cute. <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell each other about each other's books. <laughs> Well, you want to know I, I something? So, really so, so I, I read the bio on the back of Walter's book. Um, that's hilarious. That is the <laughs> best bio I have ever read, hands down. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to even remember. It's uh, it's been a while. I think I just cut and paste usually now. <laughs> <laughs> I just love Walter's uh, author author picture. Uh, I feel like it's the most telling telling part about who he is as a writer because <laughs> is that on the back of liberty's run it's that on my bookshelf i can't go see right now but is your picture where you're in the pool with your oh uh, yes that's the picture <laughs> it's okay now, my I, 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 had to, I did a double take i'm like wait a minute is he in a pool <laughs> <laughs> it's just hands down one of my favorite author pictures to date yeah, my brother-in-law, Mike Compton, who uh, does some really amazing, amazing photography. Uh, if you look up Michael D. Compton photography, he has uh, usually animals, so I fit right in. And, uh, <laughs> you know, but he was, uh, you know, he was kind enough uh, with my niece, uh, Carmen, to, uh, you know, do some, because I wanted real author photos, not just snapshots in my car. Yeah. Kind of right. like selfies. <laughs> Uh, there was a I've seen a lot of those so <laughs> <laughs> there was one artist at a uh, scare fair one artist and I always say if you are in any kind of industry where your face is going to be anywhere just get a little a little media pack just a decent picture keyword being decent doesn't have to be you know 
perfectly professional. You can do a lot with a phone, honestly, in the right light. Yeah, absolutely. You really can. Yeah. Um, but a decent picture, you know, a proper little bio. And this is artists, writers, everything, all of the above. And there was one person, I'm not going to name any kind of names because I don't want to get in trouble. They're not a part of the world of myth or anything like that. <laughs> you guys, <laughs> what they sent over was yeah. offensive. It was offensive. Oh, no. It was a oh, cropped God. picture that had been zoomed out. Or sorry, it was zoomed in, but the picture was still really tiny. And I'm like, what do you want me to do with this? Point is... <laughs> I, it was insane. So I very much appreciate when people like Walter went just sending me a nice, you know, beautiful picture where it's like, okay, <laughs> this I can work with. Not well, part a- of trying to become a professional is to act like a professional. Exactly. Professional. <laughs> right. You know, right. to have, it, you don't, it doesn't even have to be a crazy picture, but it just has to be, you're dressed nice, you know, yeah. and yeah. It's a, you got good lighting and, you know, it looks, it looks decent. Yeah. You know, that's what's, you know, that people are going to, that's going to help people take you more seriously. Exactly. Right. right. It's those little, little things that it's, it's the worst part because nobody wants to do it. But it's a Im- very important integral part, like social media. Nobody, well, there are people who love social media. I hate social media, <laughs> but you got to do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have mean, any kind of yeah. <sighs> but, you tell me how it works. I'd, I'd appreciate it because it seem like <laughs> I don't even know how it works. The algorithms are always changing, and they are. <sighs> I I just tend to forget. I tend to forget. That I want to be, or that I should be on there. Pain. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, you guys, I think we can hang it up now. I want to remind everybody that Peggy Gerber's uh, giant public, it's not your first published book, but it is a full po- poetry book entirely made up of poems by Peggy Gerber, <laughs> Stumbling in Crazy Town. I don't know why I dragged that out so much. Uh, is now available for sale at <clears throat> sorry I'm going to re-say that is now available for sale at mythmart.com uh, and we can meet Peggy come June of 2022 at PCE Pop Culture Expo and you'll be able to see her in person and hopefully she can mm. see some beautiful sights in California uh, in the summertime and uh, Walter G. Esselman's book his books are all what what books of yours are available on Mythmart at the time? Liberty's oh, Run, uh, Super Horror Max. Super Horror Max, which is the book I won for. And a Liberty's Run, a librarian turned sniper and zombies and fun. So. <laughs> well, or you can goodies. visit me at waltergesselman.com. And Peggy, you got your website? I have a website. She has so a Peggy Sue four four five dot wixsite.com slash my dash site perfect it, it looks really professional thank you and it's much more professional than mine so. oh shush <laughs> <laughs> well shush, yours shush, is really shush. fun 
Websites are hard though. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. really are. <laughs> All right, guys. I am, we're not going to hang up. I'm just going to have you say your goodbyes <laughs> and I'm going to stop recording. Okay. So, okay. Th- Thank you so, so much for sitting and talking with me. Um, it has been a phenomenal interview and conversation about things that I think are very, very important to discuss. And again, a major congratulations to you both for your wins. Uh, I'm very excited for the open contract challenge come this year, March of this year, where uh, Peggy will get to judge the finalists. So again, no pressure. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. So if you want to say your goodbyes, Yeah, Jenna, thank you so much for inviting me. And Walter, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, it was a great pleasure. I really enjoyed speaking with both of you. Thank you for having me, uh, allowing me to uh, be in the sidecar. (laughs) (laughs) No, the more conversations we can have, uh, I always am very excited with because I love talking to other creative minds and it's so much fun. Well, it was really great. I, I really appreciate getting to getting to hear this and all the important talks, especially about just, you know, mental health and that stuff. So let's normalize it. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. And it's all in your body. It's, not, it's your body's fault, not you. Yep. So. Don't take it personally. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Ooh, that's okay. Let's market that. <laughs> don't take your mental illness your mental health crisis personally yes (laughs) i love it so again thank you to peggy gerber and walter g Esselman. tripping over my tongue here uh again that was so much fun to sit there and talk with them uh i am very very excited for peggy and Truly, you know, as I said throughout the interview, I think the open contract challenge is simply phenomenal and such a great opportunity and uh, submit, you know, submit your your work when it comes time in March, you know, and and again, like we kept saying, what have you got to lose? So on that note, thank you so, so, so much for listening. Um, I hope that you guys had as much fun listening as I had talking to Walter and Peggy Uh, You can find us at www.theworldofmyth.com on Facebook and the Twitter at the World of Myth Bits Podcast and the World of Myth Magazine and on Instagram, the World of Myth Bits. Thank you guys so much for listening. Until next time.